Hey y'all, you are listening to The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, I wanted to send a quick note of gratitude to the following people that were so dope enough to screenshot, you know, them listening to the show last week with Rome from Dormtainment or even just saying, hey, I'm going to check out the show. So just bear with me because it's off top. I'm trying to remember everybody. But April, shout out to April, Deep Cotton 87, Sarah Makiba, as usual, Curls and Cuisine, um, Jackie, Jackie Rose, um, who else? Math Minded, she supported, I think, last week. Uh, who else? Tiffany J, thank you very much. Rita Baby, Rita Baby posted. Uh, Kim KL, thank you so much for reposting. And Rome, even Rome posted his own damn clip on his show. Like, I mean, on his uh, on his story. So thank you. Thank y'all for um, spreading the word. Like, I like to think of my podcast. Like, you move with like an indie, an indie um, hip-hop label. And those who know the independent hip-hop <laughs> hip-hop label struggle is, you know, making sure that people get the word out and that people know that you have something to say. So, thank y'all again for supporting. And also, I shipped out my first few bottles of my energy cleansing spray. I'm really excited about that. That's dope. If y'all are interested in having a on-the-go travel spray to clear your energy, to clear your space, if you don't have the opportunity to light some sage or light some palo or what have you, feel free to hit me up. It's only five, four to five um, plus shipping, so I got you. So, hopefully, those people who are getting those bottles really soon will have some great things to say about it because I use it all the time. I've been using it for shit for years at this point. So, it's really dope to kind of share what works for me with other people. Um, and this week's interview is with Shanae Hansford. She is the owner of Miss Hansford Studio. It's out in New Jersey, and she's an esthetician, and she makes people look beautiful. Um, I know she's also known for her work with Tiana Taylor, in addition to having her own business. Her work with Tiana Taylor has been international. It's been in GQ. Um, it's been It's gone viral. It's been in various shoots, TV shows, movies. Now, with her business being making people beautiful, Miss Hansford has a story that is much deeper than that, and... It is our Mental Matters episode for this week. And her story is the first story I've had that's dealt with the topic of um, suicide. And I think that it is absolutely necessary to broadcast her story because we really don't know what goes on with our loved ones until something like that occurs. And we need to know what it's like in the mind of someone who is dealing with a um, deficiency to where they don't want to be here. I commend her so much for speaking up and telling her story to me and being able to let me broadcast it. Hopefully we can all kind of get some dialogue going on how to be a better service as normal. Um, so with that being said, y'all check it out. Peace and light, y'all. I'm speaking with Shania Hansford. She is the owner of Miss Hanford Studio. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I am good. Thank you for asking. I know you own Miss Hansford Studio, but can you? T- I know what you do, but can you tell the listeners what exactly Miss Hansford Studio is? Well, basically, I do. Uh, I'm an esthetician, which means I'm licensed in skincare in New Jersey. I specialize in eyelash extensions, which I got certified while I was in beauty school. During doing the eyelash extensions, I accumulate a clientele. 
and I ended up moving my, I was working from home. First I was working mobile, then I was working from home. Then I started renting like a little office at a friend's building. And from there, now I own like a two room, you know, studio. So with bigger space, now I have a couple of girls who work underneath do different services like eyebrows and microblading and braids and stuff like that. So Miss Hansford's studio is basically my studio where I have a variety of beauty services, but I only do eyelash extensions. Now I know, you know, Miss Hansford's studio is like no joke. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's respected. Um, I know you have some some very well-known clients in the entertainment industry and in, in the beauty industry as well. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. It's been an absolute blessing. When people ask me about it, like, I literally have no answer for them because I just say it, it was God. Like, cause I, never, I never reached out to any of these people. One day I had the flu and I got the call from Tiana Taylor for me to do her lashes. Needless to say, it was the coldest day of the year, and I was out there with the flu, with my bed and all my stuff, trucking it to her house, because I was like, I'm not missing this opportunity. <laughs> and from there, I had Tahiri, I had a couple of other girls from uh, Love and Hip Hop, I've done Nicole Mercy, you know, there's just so many to name. Uh, I've done Tokyo, he does hair. Um, and you know, some other makeup artists and, and, and hair, uh, dressers. Now that's awesome. I gotta give you all props, girl. Like, man, like you out here doing it. I love to see women doing it for themselves and, and being an entrepreneur, it takes a lot. So with that type of journey, how do you balance that as well as the mental illnesses that you have? Oh, homegirl. <laughs> I've been doing this for uh, five years now, and it has been a struggle every single day. Um, when I first started, when I tell you I wouldn't show up to appointments, I would cancel 10 minutes before. I would, I mean, I just, I, I had no regard because, it was like, I don't feel good today. I'm staying in bed. I'm not getting out of bed for a week. And that's that. So I, I wasn't concerned with how I was going to pay my bills. I just, when I tell you to this day, I'm still feeling like I'm kind of trying to make up for those old days because I overdo it because I feel like I've messed up so much. I've been given this gift and I don't feel like I'm strong enough to have it because of my mental illnesses, the things that I have to go through. And I feel like it's 10 times harder because days where I feel like I cannot, absolutely cannot move out of bed, I still have to go to work and face people and smile at them and, and make them feel pretty. And when I tell you it takes so much out of me, I, I quit every week in my head. I swear, every week I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I have been fighting the entrepreneurial word for years. When people call me that, I get so angry because I'm like, no, I never asked for that. I never chose that. It's too much for me. I don't want the responsibility. And I'm now starting to set my foot into it and trying to accept it and accept it with grace and understand that I am strong enough for it. I just have to get myself together. 
I love your mindset on that. I really love how you flip that where you're like denying like, no, no, no. And then you're like, you know what? Let me just step into this. I'm slowly going to accept. No, for real. Like that's, that's respect. Like seriously, because it's really easy to kind of, and I'll speak from personal experience. It's easy to shun stuff that we know that we might be built for. And it's just right there. And it's like, nah, nah, I don't want that. It's too much pressure. I don't want to do that. Honestly, with the podcast, I, it was like that. They were like, oh, you should do this. And I'm like, oh, that's too much. I don't want to do all that. I don't want to be out in the scene. I don't want to be known like that. I don't want everybody in my business. And sh- I, I didn't want to do anything like that. And then once I did it, it was kind of like, uh. I mean, I launched during retrograde. That was the worst time to launch. And I was like, shit, I don't know. But now it's kind of like, you know what? No, for real. I, was, I mean, I had some tech difficulties. I was like, oh, this is not the right time. But... I feel you because like the more kind of like you know what I can do this kind of like well shit screw it let's just see <laughs> let's just see what happens so I mean I feel you I definitely feel you with just slowly stepping into it and just kind of owning it and, and taking it with grace so. I, I, just, I really feel like it was God because there was times where like I said I wouldn't show up I've lost so many clients I have lost so many clients and I would just sit and I would cry and I would just like why and then five minutes later I got a booking and a deposit coming due and I'm just like God like I would literally just sit there and have it out with God like why are you doing this like like what is going on like you just see me screw all that up and you just sent me a whole new client like what <laughs> I'm telling you and I just have to accept it well I personally think Shanae it's cause you got a good heart I know you mean well you know what I'm saying and I think Thank that energy that you put out yeah you screwed up some clients in the past you know we all fuck up i get that but i think with you coming to the realization that you know that this is a gift that you've been given i think that that energy comes out and brings more good stuff to you like these you know consistent loyal clients that you're getting and be able to grow and and have girls work under you and you know build your own you know i'm saying your own empire i think that's dope thank you thank you Please define mental illness from your point of view. Well, the term mental illness was introduced to me probably about middle school, and I probably have not gotten a clear understanding of it until now at 28 years old. Um, To me now, I'm very iffy about the term mental illness because I feel as though you can be mentally ill. There can be, you know, imbalances that make you react or perceive things a certain way or, you know, make you who you are as a person. Um, But I don't think that people, I think people look at the term mental illness in the wrong way. I don't see anything wrong with the term, but I feel like society sees it in, in a bad way. Now, with respect to mental illness, what are you currently dealing with? I've had quite a few uh, diagnoses. The most that it's pretty common is severe depression and anxiety. I've been diagnosed uh, bipolar, which I never agreed with. And um, I believe that my biggest issue is uh, severe depression and uh, anxiety. Now, with the depression, the anxiety, and the bipolar disorder, were you clinically diagnosed or self-diagnosed with these? Clinically. Okay, all three? You saying you don't agree with the bipolar disorder diagnosis, right? I don't agree only because I'm very 
very particular. Because I've been in and out of doctors so much, I'm very judgmental of doctors. And I feel like if you sit with me for no more than 20 minutes, how can you diagnose me with anything? So, I mean, I may be bipolar, but the doctors that I have sat with over months of time, they've all come up with severe depression, anxiety. But, you know, psychiatrists who just give out medication, they come out with bipolar and things that I don't agree with because you haven't even taken the time to know my story or why I am the way I am. I can understand that. Okay, now what were you experiencing that led to these diagnoses? Um, for me, I have had three, possibly four, excuse my memory, I believe three hospitalizations. Um, I've attempted suicide three times. How old were you? The first time I was I want to say 14 and um, the second time I was in my late teens the third time that I remember was maybe three years ago well can you describe a day when you're dealing with either bipolar disorder or I know you said you don't agree with it but um, whenever you're dealing with one of these issues, what's what's going on in that day? Like, how do you feel? I've been in this for so long that it's normal. Like, it, it, to be happy to me is like, I feel like I'm an imposter in my body. It's, it's very weird. Um, so being depressed and being anxious is my default. So when people ask me, certain questions, you know, like, how do you feel? It's really hard. Like, recently I had to fill out a, a psychiatric directive in case, you know, I end up in the hospital and I don't have to stay over what I want to do. And all these questions I couldn't answer because I'm like, I, this is this is all me. Like, this is just normally me. I'm pessimistic. I'm cynical. You know, I, I don't want people close to me. But during times when I'm really bad, um, I'll say that I close myself off, but then again, that's something I do on a regular basis. So I'm just, I'm really deep in this, so it's really hard for me to differentiate, which is normal and what, you know, is unhealthy. When you say you feel happy, you feel like an imposter in your own body, what does that feel like? It's like, okay, let's say that you have somebody attached to you, and you're having a good day and you're happy, but that person that's attached to you all day is telling you, this is not real, you're faking, you're not really happy, that laugh was fake, you're not really, like, it's just a taunting, and it doesn't go away, no matter how you try to ignore it, and you're like, you know what, I am happy, that did make me smile, that did make me laugh, but there's in your head, it's like, yeah, right, you're not really laughing, that's not real, it's, it's, That's a very interesting perspective because um, when we had Dion Katrina on for Mental Matters, she was saying it was more like a, you know, if if a friend couldn't make it out or something of that nature, it would turn into, oh, well, maybe nobody wants to hang out with you. Maybe you're not worthy of being hung out with. I, I feel that way, too, with the whole friend thing. I don't ask 
I'm at a point in my life where I don't ask anybody to do anything because I can't handle them saying they can't come because my mind will go to a million different places. So I'm way past that. I don't ask anybody to do anything. I don't expect anybody to do anything with me because I know how far I can go. As far as now, now it's just me and myself. So now I'm at war with me because there's nobody really else around me. I see. Now, with you saying, because I initially want to ask, was it something that you can feel coming on? But is it still the case that that is the norm for you? If you wake up that way? Um, I can feel it coming on if it's harder for me to do normal things. Like, I sometimes I get to the point where I don't want to shower. I don't want to, like, I literally go to sleep and maybe throw on the first thing that I see just to go to work just to get through that day and come right back home and get in my bed. Like that's how I know that I'm in a place where it's like okay you're you're down. Like if I know if I can get up even if I'm feeling down and I know I can get up still take my shower, still do everything normally, I may be down but I'm alright. But if it's to the point where I'm literally in zombie mode I know I'm not doing good. Are there any ways for you to prevent or have it subside? I can't say that I've reached a, a good point with that yet. Um, I used to not be able to talk to anyone now. Uh, I talk to my grandmother a lot more now, so talking to her helps sometimes. Um, I read a lot of self-help books. I'm constantly you know, reading things, self-development, all that kind of stuff. So I get temporary relief, but it doesn't last long. Um, but I'm relentless, especially for the past couple of years, I've been relentless and really trying to change. So with that, you know, I've tried medication uh, last year. I didn't like the medication, although everyone said that they saw an improvement in my mood. I was on Prozac, and I, I personally didn't like it. I didn't like the withdrawal when I stopped taking it. I didn't like it at all. So I actually start therapy again tomorrow. So hopefully, I'm hoping that I can just do therapy without medication. Again, and I hate to reference somebody else when I'm talking about your story, but Dion was saying that she wanted to feel in control of her emotions on all fronts. Is is that how you feel with respect to that? Yes. Okay. Because you do feel completely, you feel out of like and then it makes me try to control things that I can't control because I guess I feel like I have no control over my life so then I end up freaking out and being basically unbearable because I'm trying to control a whole bunch of stuff that I really have no control over because I feel so out of control inside I see I'm really glad that you gave me your um, opinion about medication because I've always wondered about you know something that's supposed to do one thing but then there's a whole nother polarity of the medication that kind of does something that might be counterproductive like how how is that supposed to work i'll say i have a negative view on medication um although my family believes that i need it because they have seen improvements with me on it but i feel like it kills you like they're like you said there are side effects that they don't tell you about there are certain things that 
they don't tell you that you have to be on it for a certain amount of time. And then once you're on it for a certain amount of time, now your body needs it. Now you're going to go with, with, through withdrawal when you decide to stop taking it. And who wants that? I mean, my first time being on medication, I think it was a freshman in high school. And I literally felt like a zombie. I didn't speak nothing. And from that point on, I knew I never really wanted to be on medication, but I would try it to make my family happy. How did your family deal with you growing up and going through these changes and realizing that you had um, these particular issues going on? Let me tell you, I was not easy on them. I was was not easy on them. When I was about 11 years old, um, my mom was into drugs. She sold drugs, all that good stuff. And um, she ended up getting caught and she was supposed to go to jail. But she's an immigrant, so she ran. So with that, I was left to, my brother and sister and I were left to go to our fathers. We had separate fathers. Now, my father, I had, I was blessed with an amazing father. He took me. My brother and sister, their father didn't take them. And, you know, we went our separate ways. Um, My family believes that that's where all my problems stem from, from the childhood that I had, the separation from my mother at a young age, you know, the changing of my life at such a, you know, pivotal age in my life. And um, for many years of my young, like, early teens, I didn't talk. I literally just did not speak. They wouldn't, they would ask me what was wrong with me. I wouldn't talk to anybody. And I would just act out in, like, stupid ways, like, right on the desk at school and just different things like that. So then they would start to try to seek me help. I wouldn't talk to any therapist. They would put me in a therapist's office, and I would sit there for an hour and not say one word. And that was basically how I spent most of my teens. So with that, there wasn't much they could do. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't understand what was happening with me. I didn't understand what was happening with me. And it was just nothing but friction. So it wasn't really much that they could do. They're really just starting to understand now as, uh, like, I'm 28 now, so probably 26, 27 is when I started to be able to open up and actually talk to them. I see. Now, you said something very interesting. You said your family believed that it was your mother having to basically go on the run to avoid being deported because, I mean, it sounds to me like that was probably, is that what was going to happen? Possibly? She didn't know what was going to happen. She had papers once upon a time, but my mom's side of the family that you're making and they're very, they, they just have very funny ways. So her mother destroyed the papers and I, I'm not very sure what happened, but she wasn't sure what would happen. So she had to either face the court or run and I guess she figured running would be her best bet. Okay, okay, I see, I see. Now, with your family saying that your mother... Or that that situation with your mother may have been a trigger for you. Do you agree with that in hindsight? It's very weird because most of my teen years, I never thought about it. I never, it was kind of something I just, I never thought about. I hated my mother for most of my teen years. I used to say my mom was dead. I used to, I used to say I don't have a mom. But that was about the extent of it. I never thought about anything that happened when I was younger I never thought about any of it 
So I don't know if I suppressed it or, or what I did, but to me, it, it was just, it was what it was. I see. Now, I noticed you said, like, in the past few years, you've been able to open up to your family. What was the shift that made you be able to open up? I don't know. I don't know if it was aging, getting older. Once I turned 25, like, my life changed a lot. Like, between 25 and now, I I feel like I'm a completely different person. And I think I I see my grandmother and my father, they're basically the only I have and I, I see them getting older I have a huge fear of not having the relationship I always wanted to have with them because I keep everybody at a distance even them mm-hmm. so I think I want to have a better relationship with them so in order for that to happen I guess they need to understand me better like a few years ago I opened up to my grandmother that I was molested a couple times as a child and she just like I knew it like she to her she's like I always knew I knew I just always knew and she hounded me to tell my dad I didn't really want to tell my dad because he had already felt like he should have gotten me when I was younger before mm-hmm. everything happened which he, they were only 19 years old you know so I, I don't expect you to have wanted you know to come and get me so I didn't want to put any added you know guilt on him so I just recently told him maybe last and since that has come out I feel like they've dealt with me a lot better well I'm glad to hear is that there's some progress and um, you're able to build in and forge a stronger bond I think that's hella important like you know whether it's soul family or blood family you know like those we gotta keep those close Now, with your friends, I know you said you don't really like to ask people, but how does your how do your friends respond to um, to your diagnosis? Um, I really don't keep any. I really don't. I have I have one friend. I have my best friend. Um, she deals with it well, but we don't talk much because she has you know she has a boyfriend and three kids and her own life, so. We don't talk very much, but beyond that, I don't, I really don't have any friends. (laughs) Now, are you, are you cool with that? Or is it, is it a situation where, you know? Sometimes I am, like, when I hear people complain about friendships, I'm just like, well, thank God I don't have friends. But I do wish that I could call somebody up like, hey, let's go get a drink. Like, I wish that, hey, let's go on vacation. Every vacation that I've gone on in the past two years, I've gone on like six vacations I've gone by myself. And I don't mind it, but, you know, you do miss that companionship with people. Now, with respect to irritants, what can make your mood worse? People who talk a lot. Talk a lot really bothers me. Um, I think because I'm very quiet and observant. So when I get around people and there's just someone who just who's just in everything and always has something to say. Like I I, I literally cannot be in in the same room with them for too long. Like my skin starts to crawl. Like I can't I can't do it. That's probably one of my biggest things is, is 
Yeah, I can definitely feel you on that. <laughs> no, seriously. It's like always. Okay, damn. But um <laughs> so when that happens, what are some things that you do to try to avoid, you know, getting aggravated to where, you know, you might have to say something or, or to avoid conflict? Girl, I last year I was in a program. I had done an intensive care program because I want I needed therapy real bad. And they put me in these group therapy sessions. I went to about two of them, and I was like, look, I can't do this. I I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Because I would literally be sitting in the group therapy, and it's all types of people. There's, you know, there's drug addicts. There's different kinds of people, which, you know, everybody has their vices. But Mm -hmm. I was just so, it was to the point where I was almost in tears because I could not make everybody shut up when I wanted them to shut up. Like, I just, and I know that it's my own disability that makes me that way but it's just being around people is so much for me and I don't know how to combat that and I'm, I'm trying to but it's like even going to the laundromat like I literally have to sit in my car because I can't being around people just it, I have no idea it just drives me absolutely crazy I see now even with that being said as irritating as people are sometimes people want to help when they know you know their loved ones are going through this but sometimes well clearly they can make things worse so what are some things that we can do you know matter of fact let me not even say that what are some things that we do do besides running our mouths that can you know make this whole thing counterproductive if they're trying to offer help? Um, the whole get over it and the whole you be all right, you know, our favorite line, you be all right. <laughs> like that whole, I, 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 it's hard for me to say because it's something that I think really bothers me about people because I feel like they don't really understand the depth of anxiety and depression. So I don't feel like they would even understand what to say. So sometimes I'm just like, just don't say anything. Just be there. Just be there and don't make me feel like I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Just don't make me feel like I'm crazy. That's my biggest thing. Even if you don't know what to say, you have nothing productive to say, don't make me feel like I'm going crazy right now. Okay, so what are some things that we could do to be it more of a, a safe space for for our, our loved ones that do go through it? Um, just kind of learn what, what calms them. Once you're around somebody enough, I feel like you learn certain things. Like, I was at a concert with a friend, and sometimes, I like, I like outdoor concerts. Indoor concerts, I get a little bit anxiety. So he started to realize that I was getting a little bit anxious, even though I was trying my best to hide it. And he was like, you want to just come on? You want to step outside? And it's just something as simple as that. Them taking their time to leave the concert just to step outside because you're realizing that I'm starting to have an anxiety attack. You know what I mean? Just yeah. paying attention to details, showing that you care and you're not just feeling like, oh boy, here she go again. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Now, I'm just going to ask just um, just me, just personally speaking. I'm still learning how to properly address my loved ones that have um, an issue as well. And I'm not really sure. I just don't want to offend anybody. You know what I mean? So, how do you feel about questions? Because I don't like to ask and get all probing in terms of, okay, so what's going on? You know, when this happens, how do you know? I just don't want to make people feel like, damn, you all in my business asking me how I feel when I go through this. Like, it's already hard enough. But questions like, do you need anything? How can I help you? You know, please talk to me. Can you tell me what's going on so I can understand? Like, I'm just trying to work on ways to better address them. And I know there's probably a lot of people that would love to, again, be a safe space, but they don't know how and they don't want to come off you know, annoying, to be honest. I know I don't. I, I, I feel you. Well, I struggle with that sometimes. People come to me and I have no idea what to say. <laughs> and I think that's normal. What I've learned is not try to fix the issue. Because I feel like when people come to you, nine times out of ten, whatever you're going to tell them, they've already thought of it. They've already heard it. They've. It's just we don't want to hear solutions sometimes. We just want to hear somebody say, damn, I'm here with you. I feel you. Even if you don't agree, even if you're like, oh, well, you need to do this. You should have been left him or like whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just want somebody just to sit in that dark place with us. You don't got to say nothing. You ain't got to tell me how to fix this because I probably already know how to fix it. I'm just not ready. Just be here with me. Just sit with me. Let me know you here regardless. I, I think presence is just so much better than words. Because I feel like sometimes we just spread out words. We don't know what we're saying. We're just trying to kind of make things better or whatever the case may be. And we never say the right thing. So it's just like I'm here. Whatever you need, I'm here. I'm going to sit right here. I like that. That's some good clarity. That that's like for real because sometimes it's like you want to say something but sometimes you don't have to say anything and saying something just might make it worse. It's like damn, you really didn't have to say anything. You could have just, you know, right? Chill. Exactly. Like I, I learned that my stepmom, her best friend, was on the verge of wanting to commit suicide, and my stepmom just went and laid in the bed with her for two days. They didn't say anything. She just laid in the bed with her for two days, and something like that saved her life. You know what I mean? It's just that simple. Just be here with me. I love that. Your stepmom sound like a writer. Like, that's love. That is so awesome. Right. That is so awesome. Love is so powerful. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Love hearing stuff like that. Just being there for each other and uplifting and, you know, and it's done in a way that's not, it's, it's, it's silent. Just presence. I love that. that. That's stuff. People think that's little, but that's really huge. you told me that story that has made my heart just like so happy just now now with respect to you again bringing it back to what you do in terms of you know having your studio there's a new venture that you're working on though is that right yes 
Yes, yes. Uh, something that I've been thinking about for over a year now. Um, it's a t-shirt line. Uh, my grandmother used to always say, you know how like when you own a house and they call the house to ask you to refinance your house and blah, blah, blah to get you more money? Mm-hmm. My grandmother would always say on the phone, my father's rich. I don't need that. My father's rich. And I never understood what she meant by that. But she was always talking about God. So it's something that just always stuck with me forever, and I just never let it go. And as I got older, it started to make more and more sense to me. So that was the first idea for the t-shirt I had was to put on the front, my father's rich, with the Bible quote in the back to match that. But I ended up putting a different line out. Um, The shirt says, my needs are met, and then there's a Bible verse in the back to back that up. Um, I plan on doing more quotes that are Bible-based. I don't consider them religion-based or Christianity-based. I consider them truth-based. I feel like the Bible is the truth. Um, No matter what religion you you serve, I feel like truth is truth. So, yeah, the T-shirts, I'm so excited about them because I've been thinking about it for such a long time now. Well, I'm happy that you went in and went through with that. And I think a lot of people um, can identify, you know. I mean, especially with the climate that we're in right now, it's, it's, it's some shit going on. But, you know, a lot of our needs are met. Like, you know, and it's just more of just living through love and, and trying to, you know, strengthen ourselves up. Warfare is real out here. It's real, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And I think that kind of reaffirms, you know, the fact that, you know, the shit is real out here. But at the end of the day... We're staying strong. We're strengthening up. We're learning more about ourselves. We're growing. We're loving. And, you know, those needs are met. Yeah, you know. That's what I tell people. I tell them if you listen, like, if you stop for five seconds and think about what you need, you can't think of anything. It's when you start thinking for a long period of time where you're like, oh, yeah, I could use this. But in those five seconds, you have everything that you could possibly need to survive right then and there yeah absolutely right <laughs> like for real y'all hold on hold on real quick Shanae. y'all that's listening take five quick seconds I'm gonna I'm count to five for y'all think about what y'all need we gonna start one two three four five now for y'all that's listening were your basic needs met do you have shelter are you able to get to your destination? We ain't talking about no car. We talking about being able to use your limbs to go somewhere and get on Metro, get on Uber, take a taxi, walk, what what have you. Like, I mean, we, the fact that we're even able to listen and be able to breathe and experience, I, to me, I feel like that's needs all day. So I hella respect you for doing that. When I saw that on the Instagram, I was like, ooh, Shanae, I got one. That's a really good idea. <laughs> For real, I hit them DMs quick. Like, what is this? I need. I, I what? What they say up north? I want all parts. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Did I use that in the right context? Oh my god! Please tell me I did. If yes, you did good enough. <laughs> oh lord, I done butchered it. Whoever's out in Philly or the tri-state area or Jersey, New York, I'm sorry if I said it wrong. Oh my god, I hope I didn't say nothing vulgar. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no. Okay, good, good, cause you know yeah, I am. I just- 
Okay, so we just got a quick little slang on up northness. So it's I want parts, right? I want parts. I want in on that. Or I want no parts. Alright, well let me stick to my goddamn let me stick to my, my shit. Just stay in my <laughs> stay in my region. Okay. But um so when are you launching my needs in that or Matt, excuse me. Um, well I'm working on the website now. I am praying that the website is up within the next three days. Um and the shirts I actually will have small, medium and larges tomorrow that can be purchased via PayPal. Um, which is uh, Miss Hansford Inc. Uh, on PayPal, uh, and the website, like I said, hopefully will be up in three days, and that's also MissHansfordInc.com. So just on questionnaire, this is all one word: M I S S H A N, as in Nancy. S as in Sam. F O R D. I N as in Nancy C at Gmail. Yes. Okay, because you know sometimes the the audio it might be it might be Miss Hamsford and that's not with an M, it's with an N. <laughs> so I just wanted to spell that out so in case anybody wants to buy a shirt, they can definitely do so. So you said you have small, medium, and larger starting tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, and you have you're working on the website now, right? Yes, I am. I have someone working on it. And she's uh, she should be um, done within a few days. Yay! I'm so happy for you. Congratulations, Shania, for real. Well, I'm I'm probably Thank not the first know. to say it, but I man, I'm super juiced for you. I can't wait to see how your journey plays out for you. You a you a tough cookie, bro. Girl, I sent out two today. One to Florida and one to North Carolina. You can tell me nothing, girl. Well, I'm happy. That's what's up. Yes. That is dope. And, I mean, again, the whole my knees are met thing, it's such a cool thing about gratitude. Like, to me, I feel like to acknowledge, y'all, I'm good. I know I have all of this. And to acknowledge it, I think that's a form of gratitude. Like, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm not, you know, hurting for nothing. I'm glad to have these things. So, I, I, really, I really rock with that. And I'm just going to say this. Before, I'm, I'm not really with the whole shaming of religion it's some things for everybody and i just don't want people who may necessarily get down with organized religion to miss the message and that's why i'm emphasizing because even though i have my own views about organized religion the message is pretty clear cut it's gratitude regardless of what you what you serve or if you serve anything at all or what you what you believe gratitude is a, a universal theme that applies to everybody and it applies on a on a you know vibrational level regardless of what you do so i just want to clarify you know before we you know get into that you know kind of mindset look at the message the message is pretty simple it's being grateful for what you have and acknowledging that that's what you have. I'm sorry to speak for you. I know it's your brand, girl, but I I don't want anybody to get me twisted with no, this at all. That is exactly. I just didn't want to limit it to religion, only because, like like you said, I have my own views on organized religion. I believe wholeheartedly in God. I believe Jesus walked this earth, but I have my issues with organized religion. So that's why I call it truth-based because it is the truth and the truth is somewhere in there but 
we have been fed a bunch of poison and lies as well, and no one can deny that. So for anyone to say, oh, this is right, this is wrong, how do you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, that's, just, that's just me, you know. I, I can only speak what I feel in my heart, and I have no problem doing that. And I feel like whoever is going to purchase the shirt is going to purchase the shirt regardless. And I, I shouldn't have to compromise how I feel to sell a t-shirt. I totally feel you because I'm finna get one. Views and all. So uh, <laughs> I'll be hitting that PayPal uh, payday. So I got you. But um, <laughs> for real. For real though. Like, I mean, and that's another thing. Like, we are all trying to figure out truth. Truth, to be honest with you, I feel like it's so subjective. If y'all seen my little Insta story, y'all saw me get blocked off somebody's Facebook because their version of truth and my version of truth were two totally different truths. And it was over the pettiest shit ever. It was over this man thinking that I was head over heels in love with him back in school. I told this man that was not the case. He said, cool, glad to talk to you. And straight blocked me. And I'm like, damn, this is this man's version of the truth. And I clearly disagree with this. My truth is a little different. But again, it just goes back to what you believe to be true. <laughs> that this man telling I was jacking. I was like, uh-huh. No, sir. But <laughs> it's all love. Peace and light. It's all good, boo. But no, that's not that's not my version of events. But okay. So I feel you with the true base. I hella feel you on that. But I feel it. And I know it's a lot of other people that's going to feel it too. And that's what counts. Yes, and I, I'm, I'm so grateful. I was sitting in the nail salon and this girl was like, I love your shirt. And I was just like, look at God. Hey, that's what's up. I'm telling you, it's on a dope, like, vibrational level. It transcends, like, all, all this other human BS that we be going through. All the judgment and all the self-righteousness and the ego and shit it transcends that and that's what makes it so dope to me it's like yes yes Shania good ass idea girl hell yeah so <laughs> I'm rooting for you most deaf thank you now do you have anything that you want to add in terms of you know you want the listeners to know um just man we are all out here doing the same thing whether you are making a hundred million dollars or ten dollars, we all doing the same thing. One thing I've learned working with celebrities and people who are quote unquote known, we are doing the same things. They're trying to fit in with people who are higher than them, just like we trying to fit in with this one. It's no different. And I feel like that has just made me so much more comfortable in my skin just to know. Just because that person got ten hundred bags and just you know all of these things we're all the same mm-hmm. we all looking for the same thing we all want to be happy we all want to be loved and we can do that no matter how much money we got in our pocket I love that. I, I totally agree. I always say we all humans and we all living well spirits having a human experience and we just all trying to figure this shit out at the end of the day so I totally feel you yeah now, how can people get in touch with you besides um, with respect to the shirts? What if somebody say, hey, she got an Instagram? She seems pretty dope. Or I want to check Miss Hansford out on IG. How can they find you? Yes, I have my business Instagram, which is Passion Lashes, P-A-S-S-I-O-N-L-A-S-H-E-S. That's uh, the business page for the lashes. And I also have my personal Instagram, which can be ratchet sometimes. Who knows? You might catch me on a good day. It's cool. <laughs> so Polarity. That's, 
That's uh, M as in Mary, I S S H A N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, F as in Frank, O R D. And that's my personal Instagram, and it's the same thing, Ms. Hansford at gmail.com is my email address. And that was this week's episode. If you want to reach me with any comments, concerns, and questions, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com. Or you can, um, well, you know what? As a matter of fact, spiritualhomegirl.com is about to undergo a facelift because um, GoDaddy is whacktastic and I ain't got time for the games. So I need to go ahead and switch over my um, my hosting very soon. So that website will be going under a facelift sooner than later. So just want to make y'all aware. If you want to find me on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook, you can do so at Spiritual Home Girl. You can also uh, find me on Twitter and Pinterest at Spirit Home Girl, even though I'm not really on Pinterest like that. If you would like to subscribe and like and send reviews for the podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. I'm also on Radio Public. I'm on TuneIn app. And I'm also on SoundCloud. Everybody was freaking out about SoundCloud and nobody cares anymore because they're still here. So, Feel free to subscribe so you will not be left out um, or late to any episodes. You'll be the first to know. What else is going on? Oh, I got a trip to uh, New York coming. By the time this airs, I've already returned. I'm super excited to go up there for a little personal, little business. Super, super excited. Oh, gratitude. The importance of gratitude, right? I know I talk about this every now and then, but I just want to send a reminder, y'all. Like sometimes your life might not necessarily be in the best of places you know what I'm saying like you might not necessarily be on your upswing you know what I'm saying you might hit a valley you might be you know just flat you might be a little stagnant might be a little complacent you might even be a little bit unhappy but just remember that you know it could always be much worse you could always be non-existent you can always you know have less than what you have now so just don't forget to give gratitude and I think with Shanae's story but are saying that her needs are met even in the midst of what she's dealing with on the day to day sometimes with her her mental health. I think that that is a great example of being grateful in the times of you know need or the times of uncertainty or the times where you're just not damn feeling good. So I I really just want to just reinforce that you know gratitude is so necessary um, on this journey because you can't be grateful for you know I mean you can't be grateful for the stuff you have now. How the hell are you gonna appreciate what you're gonna manifest in the future? Or how can you manifest what you want in the future? You can't manifest it from a vibration of, you know, a low vibration of not being grateful or fear or insecurity or um, doubt. So I just want to leave that with y'all. But that is about it. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. It's your girl Maria. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. Peace.